Welcome back to Emotions and Potions, a love slash hate letter with... I'm Ashton. And I'm Alex. And welcome to this week's episode of The Pod, where we will be diving in deep to Neon Gods by Katie Robert. We're kind of late getting on this bandwagon. A lot of podcasters have kind of talked about this book, but better late than never. And this is what, our fourth read of this book? <laughs> <laughs> Within the past year, yeah. We have no lives. <laughs> Okay, so Alex, Neon Gods, Katie Roberts. is a retelling of the Greek myth of Hades and Persephone. It's a dark romance, erotica. I'd classify it as an urban fantasy. Yeah. Dual point of view. And we do get some uh, trigger and content warnings. What are those? This one. Abuse, parental death, assault, attempted assault, guns, blood, fake dating, explicit sex, BDSM. Gotta love all of those things. All right. And one thing we loved when we went to Katie Roberts' website. Oh my gosh, yeah. The tags that she put on there. Yes, yes. Well, let me see what. The tags for Katie from for this book. And this will make a lot more sense by the end of the episode. <laughs> all right, Ash, hit us with the synopsis of Neon Gods. He was supposed to be a myth, but from the moment I crossed the River Styx and fell under his dark spell... He was quite simply mine. Society darling Persephone Demetrio plans to escape the ultra-modern city of Olympus and start over far away from the backstabbing politics of the 13 houses. But all that's ripped away when her mother ambushes her with an engagement to Zeus, the dangerous power behind their glittering city's dark facade. With no options left, Persephone flees to the forbidden undercity and makes a devil's bargain with a man she once believed a myth. A man who awakens her to a world she never knew existed. Hades has spent his life in shadows, and he has no intention of stepping into the light. But when he finds out that Persephone can offer a little slice of the revenge he's been, he spent years craving, it's all the excuse he needs to help her. For a price. Yet every breathless night spent tangled together has given Hades a taste for Persephone, and he'll go to war with Olympus itself to keep her close. A modern retelling of Hades and Persephone that's as sinful as it is sweet. All right, so that is pretty much the synopsis on the back of the book. As far as it goes, I think it's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty to the point. Gives you an idea that this is a like retelling of Hades and Persephone, and it gives you a good idea of like that base plot of where the story kind of like starts and the only critique i would have of it is as sinful as is sweet and yeah this book is pretty it's a little bit more advanced than i think what we've done like read so far yeah maybe besides is... priest yeah priest it, would be the closest but i think yeah. this definitely steps more into erotica than priest does yes definitely okay so now that we've kind of got the synopsis out of the way y'all know what this book is gonna kind of entail Let's break out our potions. So, Alex, the potion guru, the, the mixologist, <laughs> the bartender. Tis me. Do I have to continue? <laughs> I mean, if you want. <laughs> so what do you have for me today? <laughs> so today I have a pomegranate wine. Very fitting for Hades and Persephone. And her safe word is pomegranate in the book. And throughout the book, Hades is like a very big like wine connoisseur, it seems like. It seems like he collects like nice wines and stuff. So like the yep. wine aspect on Bran, the pomegranate, if you're not familiar with Greek mythology, pomegranate is what Hades uses to trap Persephone in the underworld for six months out of the year. So pomegranate, red wine. Yep, and this one is called Riva, and I got this at our local wine shop, Simply Divine Oil and Wine. All right, let's let's try this. I'm a little nervous. Is this a sweet red or a dry red? Semi sweet. All right, a little drier. And I heard you. I heard you as you were pouring it because Alex has already taken a sip. I haven't yet. She goes. It does taste better than it smells. So that's off to a good start. It has an interesting smell. I know, I can smell it from here, and it doesn't smell great. Okay. Bottoms up. Oh. That's not terrible. 
I kind of like it. It's like, it's very different than anything I've ever mm. tasted wine-wise. Yes. It's an Armenian wine, so I don't know if that mm. makes I mean, a lot of difference or not. I wonder if it's also like just the pomegranate aspect. I've never tried a wine with like pomegranate. I think that's what it is. This pod may at sometimes feature our friend Trisha. Yes, my roommate Trishy has uh, ventured down from upstairs the long trek to sit on on our pod. I tried to get her to be on it. She has read this book. So she's here. She's in the room. Her presence is known now. Maybe after the glass of wine. Yeah, maybe once we get into the book, she'll be like, yeah, pass me this freaking mic. I'm about to go off. Let's get it. (laughs) So this wine is not bad. I have to say, kind of getting back on track before we go into the book. I'm not mad at it. It's It's, it's not bad. It's It's not bad. I think, I don't think I could have more than one glass, but I will finish this one glass. I feel like this would be good as a sangria. As like a base for a sangria. Mm-hmm. I could see that too. Because I do like the pomegranate. Let's just, I guess, dive into Neon Gods. I'm really, I know that Alex and I are both super excited to dive into Olympus and yes. into this world that Katie Robert has written for us. So let's take you on a journey into this plot summary. So the book starts off, Persephone is attending a party for the 13 of Olympus at the command of her mother, Demeter, along with her sister, Psyche. Persephone is hiding in the statue room where she is entranced by the cloak statue of Hades, a legacy role that is no longer active. Here we learn Persephone does not enjoy society life or being a daughter of one of the 13 and plans to leave Olympus in a few months. Psyche and Persephone are ushered back to the party by their mother. Demeter and Zeus have been scheming for some time, and Persephone is about to realize she is at the center of it. While wandering through the downtown of Olympus, Persephone realizes she is being followed by undoubtedly Zeus's men. The men corral her to the river Styx. Persephone crosses the Cypress Bridge and is greeted and rescued by a strange man. The fleeing and crossing of the river has caused Persephone a lot of pain and injury to her feet. This mystery man recognizes Persephone and Zeus's men who are now across the river and let him know that she is Zeus's property and is important to him. However, the men are unable to cross the river and we learn that there is a treaty in place between the upper and lower parts of Olympus. This mystery man has a vendetta against Zeus and he thinks Persephone may just be the key to his revenge. Persephone puts up a fight but ultimately allows the mystery man to take her to his place, where they find Hermes and Dionysus in the kitchen. It gets revealed that the mystery man is none other than Olympus's resident boogeyman, Hades. And he finds out that Persephone is the fiancé of Zeus. Persephone gets set up in a guest room while Hades takes care of her injuries. After the injuries are attended to, Persephone calls her sisters to check in and calm them down especially Callista. The following morning, Hades gets more intel from Hermes and Dionysus about Persephone and the Demetrio sisters, and we learn he has a playroom. Persephone and Hades strike a bargain during the negotiations. Persephone learns more about the treaty between the upper and lower cities. After much bickering and back and forth, it is decided Hades will keep her for three months, which is the rest of the winter, and will tarnish Persephone with a fake dating scheme and she will get protection and they will have to participate in public sex. After the time period, Hades will help Persephone leave Olympus. Hades' right-hand man, Andreas, has reservations about this arrangement. And after their conversation, Zeus calls Hades and threatens him to return Persephone. He refuses and further riles Zeus's feathers. Later, Hades introduces Persephone to his playroom and lays down the rules of how the public sex will go. He is a consent king, and I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, They start to see different facets of each other's personality, and a new part of the deal arrives, because Persephone doesn't like to take care of herself, and Hades calls her out for this consistently, so he's like, if you won't take care of yourself, I'm gonna do it for you. After some minor pleasure exchange, 
Hades returns to his room and is greeted by Hermes with a message from Demeter stating if he does not return Persephone, she is going to cut off all of her resources to the lower city. The following morning, Hades finds Persephone in his kitchen cooking with his housekeeper slash cook, where he is more convinced that he cannot return her to Zeus or Demeter. Hades takes her to get clothes for the remainder of her stay. The pair start to grow closer and get more understanding of the other, which leads to showtime. It's Persephone's premiere at Hades' playroom. So he takes her to his throne in the shadows while a couple has sex on the dais and Hades pleasures Persephone in the shadows. Their show and politic game playing for the evening makes the gossip rounds to the upper city. While mingling with Hermes and Dionysus, they notice how Hades has started to change and relax around Persephone becoming more human, and Persephone has started to get a backbone and become a little bit more interesting. The next morning, after another round of sex, Hades must take a conference call with the 13 that Persephone interrupts and lets them know she is where she wants to be and hangs up on them. I love Persephone so much. She gets better and better as the book goes on. Persephone checks in with her sisters and informs them of her plans with Hades. They accept it, even though they have their reservations, especially Callista. Hades finds Persephone in the library after work and can tell she is upset after her conversation with her sisters, so he takes her to the winter market to cheer her up. Once returning from the winter market, the two retire to Hades' room for the evening, and Hades starts to realize he's falling for Persephone. Over the next few weeks, the two are playing house, and they have not returned to the public playroom. Persephone calls him out on this and lets him know she is ready to be the one on the dais. They bang it out first, and she realizes she's falling in love with him. (laughs) Mid-stroke. Hades finally gets naked in front of her so she can fully see his scars that he got from a fire that was set to his house when he was younger that killed his parents. And one of the dog's names is Cerberus. Cerberus. Now it's time for a playroom act two. Persephone is starting to show her fear of being fully on display again, so Hades takes control and changes things so they start to play in the shadows again, but this time they're putting on more of a show. This one making sure Persephone is the one who is being worshipped in this scene. At the end of the scene, Hades declares Persephone is his and that he is hers. Hades breaks down, letting Persephone know that it's going to hurt him when she leaves. And then they have what feels like goodbye sex. Eurydice later calls Persephone in the middle of the night, panicked, that she's being followed. Persephone tells her sister to go to the River Styx and cross into the lower city, and her and Hades will meet her there. They are thwarted by Zeus, who has a knife to Eurydice, forcing Hades' hand to cross the river and rescue her. This means the treaty has been broken, and Olympus is now on the brink of war. Persephone is resolved she is done running and is ready to stand up and fight, and Hades is still adamant that Zeus will not have Persephone. Hades was given word that he has 13 hours to return both Demetrio's sisters, or war will come to the lower city. Persephone decides to return to the upper city in secret, and she makes a deal with her mother, Demeter, and this deal is that she will remain in Olympus. In return, Demeter will have to withdraw her support from Zeus, give it to Hades, and call in favors with other members of the 13 to do the same, and Persephone will have Hades make six appearances with her to give the illusion that Hades is in an alliance with Demeter, giving Demeter more power. The following morning, Hades realizes that Persephone is gone, and he finds a note left by Persephone in the last book that she was reading. He goes to the upper city with a vendetta to kill Zeus. Hades learns he has majority support of the 13 from Hermes and is given a gun. He goes into Dodona Tower, which is Zeus's headquarters, without issue and confronts Zeus where he falls out of a window to his death. Hades and Persephone are reunited and able to live sexily ever after. And then we get an epilogue where Hades finally is able to take Persephone on the dais publicly. And that's Neon Gods in a nutshell. (laughs) That it is. Well, great plot summary. 
Thank you. If I do say so myself. Yeah, a lot going on in this kind of fake slash real world because it, Katie, this book takes place like in a real time, like in like the U.S. or in a place on Earth. Mm -hmm. But obviously there are like fantasy elements. It's like slightly cloaked by magic. There's like some innate magic systems in work. So Alex and I are both pretty big Greek mythology fans as well as just avid like romance readers. So anything combine the two and I will read it. Yeah, anything that involves Greek mythology, specifically Hades and Persephone, like we're here for. We love it. I definitely ship their relationship in almost all books that I've read that are centered around like Hades Persephone retellings. Same. I'm always here for it. And so um, let's go into a little bit of a character breakdown just to kind of provide a link between like this book and Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. So obviously we have Persephone and Hades. So Hades is the um, god God of the the dead. Yep. God of the underworld. God of the dead. He rules over the underworld. Um, He is like a big three. Him, Zeus, Poseidon Mm -hmm. essentially are the big the big gods in Greek mythology. And in this book, Hades, his position is a legacy title. So it's passed on from father to father through generations. So Hades is a legacy role. As is Zeus and Poseidon. Yes. Then we have Persephone, who in Greek mythology is the goddess of spring. She is Demeter's daughter. In Greek mythology, Persephone is portrayed as like childlike, very innocent. She's, you know, the rebirth. Spring is the time for rebirth. So she's kind of like this young, jubilant, like goddess. And she is relatively very young compared to all the other gods yeah. on, on Olympus. And so Persephone... um, in Greek mythology is stolen, is kidnapped by Hades, and is kind of forced to be his wife. Obviously, we like romance. <laughs> Hades and we Persephone. Don't like the force. <laughs> we like them actually being in love and actually wanting to be with one another. But even in Greek mythology, there are some retellings where they actually do fall in love and mm-hmm. they it is actually like a real My favorite one nice around the kidnapping is like Hades sees Persephone in a meadow, kind of instantly falls in love with her, goes to Zeus, because Persephone is Zeus's daughter, and, like, petitions Zeus for Persephone's hand, but Demeter wants nothing to do with it. So Zeus kind of like, I don't want to be in the middle, and refuses to make a decision, so that's why Hades takes her. Yeah. And obviously with Greek mythology, you can have hundreds of different retellings. It's all kind of altered depending on where you're reading it. And that's like the great thing about Greek mythology. You know what I mean? It's always a little different depending on the sources that you're like reading it from. Mm -hmm. Then we have Zeus who in Greek mythology is the king of the gods. um, And he's a dick in every mythology telling. Zeus sucks. The only one he's not a dick in is um, Hercules. Yeah, in the animated, he's he's only the good guy there. Um, In the rest of Greek mythology, he rapes, he kidnaps, he does whatever the fuck he wants, and he sucks. And he sucks in this book, so very spot on. Then we have Demeter, who is the goddess of the harvest. Mm -hmm. So um, she is Persephone's mother. She's also one of the 13 pretty powerful. Demeter depicted in Greek mythology, kind of a bitch. Um, I don't really like her in Greek mythology when it comes to Persephone. When it comes to Persephone, no. Um, With the rest of the gods and goddesses, she's kind of whatever. Yeah. The only time that I have issues with Demeter is when uh, Persephone is present because Demeter is the hover helicopter parent who suffocates their children like that is Demeter. Demeter didn't want Persephone to be around gods because she knew how shitty gods were and she didn't want people taking advantage of her precious daughter. She is pretty anti-problematic though compared to a lot of the other Yes compared to the other ones she's pretty mellow just when it comes to Persephone not so much. She gets a little psycho. Yes. Then we have um, Hermes, which in this book, I love the Hermes, how she's depicted. So Hermes is a male god in Greek mythology, and he is the god of thieves, god of tricks, 
the god of messenger, that type of thing. So within this book, Hermes is the messenger. She is the one that is kind of in everyone's business. She's the one relaying messages. Um, And she still gets like that trickster-ness to her as well because she's always like... She can pick locks. She's sneaky. Breaking into people's homes and and that's devious. Yeah, and that's very much like Hermes in Greek mythology. And she's a potster. And yes. so like Hermes in Greek mythology is also a potster. Yes. And then we have Dionysus, who is the god of wine. wine. He is, yeah, he's the god of wine. He's the god of parties. He's kind of the good time god, right? And so in Katie Robert, um, her world... Dionysus, you know, he's always drinking wine. He's always hung over coming from a bender. He's always high. He's just living his best life. And he seems to be kind of asexual in the book. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm here for asexual representation. Yeah. And then we have a few of Persephone's sisters. So Psyche, Eurydice, and Callista are all actually people in Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. They're not actually sisters with Persephone in Greek mythology. So that is a liberty that Katie Robert kind of took. But I like it. Me too. Especially because the second book involves Psyche, which is her sister, which Electric Idol, another book. If you you liked Neon Gods, definitely give that a read. So those are kind of just like the breakdown of Greek mythology. If you you didn't know, now you know. (laughs) Background insight. Yay. So something that Katie Robert does really well and this is kind of going in right into my loves if you don't mind me just no, jump in freaking head it. first okay one thing that i love about katie robert and something that i appreciate with any retelling is that she incorporates aspects from greek mythology mm-hmm. into the character development into their personalities into things that happen things they say kind of like the pomegranate thing how that's Persephone's safe word, but it's also in Greek mythology a very important element. And even like with Demeter's deal, how Hades has to make six appearances with Persephone in uh, Greek mythology, Persephone spends six months in the underworld and six months in the human world back with her mother. So it was like another good little nod. Yeah, and so the book is like, is filled with these types of things which I really love. Uh, Anytime that you are taking from something to create kind of your own masterpiece, your own kind of idea, I think it's super great when you are just hitting the nail on the head with the shit that you're pulling. Yeah, because even the um, season in which Persephone first goes to un- to the underworld. It's winter, and she spends fall and winter in the underworld. She's back in the mortal world for spring and summer. So he's he has her for the winter, and he's supposed to lose her in spring. Yep. So I like how Katie definitely did the. They're not going to be apart for six months. No, but it's not. you know they're going to be. It Katie's is required to come to the upper city to do shit. And I did love Dionysus and. Hermes in this book. They were some good comic relief characters. They're really funny. No, they definitely add a lot of LOL moments, I think. They're kind of just like a dynamic duo. Like, they're hot messes and they're just living their best lives doing whatever the hell they want to do. And it's great. And it is great. It's, you know, with so many... I'm just so sad that we're not going to get Hermes' book until the very last is the plan. Per Katie Roberts' TikToks, because I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I also loved just the relationship between Hades and Persephone. Yes. I really liked these characters. I thought that they complemented each other very well. They, like, meshed well. And, you know, when you have lead characters who are romantic, you hope that... This is the case, but it's super evident with like Hades and Persephone that they really are like made for each other and it just makes me so happy. And I love how caring Hades is towards Persephone. Yeah, he does like with her above and beyond. He's always like changing her bandages, carrying her around, make sure she eats and takes care of herself. He's a simp for Persephone. And I do, you mentioned it, uh, Persephone being a brat. 
Yes. So essentially, Hades and Persephone are into like that BDSM, the sub dom kind of roles. Obviously, Hades being the dom, Persephone being the sub. Mm-hmm. But Persephone, but like she's she, a bratty sub. yeah, so she likes being submissive, but like she's gonna back talk and like mm-hmm. she's gonna kind of be a brat and she's gonna make Hades, Hades work for it. Yeah, and then Hades will lay down the lawn. Like she'll then kind of like be like, okay. But she's not going to make it easy on anyone. No, and she does like to take control sometimes. Um, something that Hades always like mentions to her is like, you like to top from the bottom. And that's very accurate for Persephone in this. Which again, I'm here for. Yeah, definitely. I really loved the winter market scene. Me too. I liked any of the scenes where it was like just him and her kind of strolling. bonding. Strolling through the lower city. Very cute. Yeah, and like Persephone, like she is different than everyone else in the upper city. The upper city is very much kind of like that gilded cage almost where it's like everything sparkles, but it's it's not. It's kind of a lie. It's all and like fake. it's all fake and the people are kind of shitty. Like something that Persephone kind of like mentions about and she's like, you know, she doesn't really have like close relationships outside of her family mm-hmm. because everyone, it's all this power. It's all these like games. It's all games. You never, you're never getting like the true person. Right. So like when Persephone escapes the upper city into the lower city and like Hades kind of takes her around and shows her like some of the things that he holds dear and like what makes the lower city, the lower city, like she actually appreciates that shit and like it uh, it furthers their bond yeah because Hades also like oh I she actually cares I'm not just doing all this shit for no reason because then she starts to let her guard down and like take her mask off and starts to show who she really is and intrigues Hades even more yes and then kind of going off of that the scene where they get the dogs that was so cute. Because obviously in Greek mythology, you have to have the three-headed dog. You have to have Cerberus. Cerberus. And so... And then the other two are other guards for different entrances and exits to the yeah. underworld. So yeah. again, great nods to mythology. Yeah. And I just like, I love that scene that it's like something that they got together that obviously Hades will remember her by because the whole plan is that Persephone's not staying. Yeah. This is a temporary thing. They're using each other, they're helping each other, but at the end she's... There's a mutual benefit to it. Yeah, but at the end of their time together, she's dipping. Mm-hmm. She's gone. And another thing I loved is um, Psyche and Callista as two of the sisters of Persephone. Um, just because I like how feisty Callista is and how she just always wants to kill someone. Callista <laughs> is like she's an Aries. Aries. Callisto's an Aries. <laughs> definitely an Aries. Um, and probably and like a Scorpio moon or something. Something aggressive. Right? There are plans for her to have a book. Especially how they left it in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Callista is definitely an Aries. Psyche, it's so funny though because all of the sisters are so different. Mm-hmm. They're all different. They all are like their own person, which is nice too. And you get more of Psyche in book two, which I also really enjoyed because you get a glimpse into her and I was like, I want more. And then, yay, I got it. Yes. I kind of hate Eurydice, though. She's just young. She, yeah, she believes that fuckboys are not fuckboys. I'm excited for her book because it also seems like Eurydice and Karen kind of have a thing. Yep. And I think think her book may be like a thruple situation mm. okay not mad at it it's katie robert it's gonna happen at some point yeah and i also hate orpheus in this because fuck boy fuck boy artist musician who just thinks way too highly of himself yeah and of course hate zeus duh given zeus sucks per use one of the last things that i will say about my loves the bdsm aspect i am not mad at it i thought that katie robert did a really good job at kind of depicting that if anything like give me freaking more 
Like, I wanted, because I really liked Hades and Persephone. Like, I wanted more smut from them because I, I liked them as characters. Katie Robert can write a damn sex scene, though. She can. She can. And the damn whole... Damn good one at that. Yeah, the whole, like, sex in public in front of people is a little bit, like, taboo. It's a little bit more extreme in a, in a reading. Mm-hmm. But she does it really well, and I think that even if it's not something that you have ever read, or maybe not even something that you think you want to read, I would still say it's still tame in the sense... It's a short enough book yeah, that, like, it gives you a taste. But it's nothing that's gonna make you, like, slam the book and bury it. Like, it's not... It's not anything crazy crazy. I did appreciate the use of condoms in the book. Yep, that gets glossed over a lot in romances. Yeah, well, I think that also plays in the fact that Hades is such a consent king. Like, and this is something that you like you love cuz you are all for like that aspect. Mm-hmm. And like Hades is like even Persephone in the book is like, "Why I am giving you every green light? Why am I still having to like tell you a million times like cuz these are fuck the conversations <laughs> that are supposed to have for a healthy consensual BDSM process. Yes. And, like, Hades is very, like, he is very just caring deep down. Like, he, as as this figurehead of what he represents, he kind of has to put on this fake facade because that's kind of what Hades represents. But, like, like Katie Robert said in her little, like, tag, is he is a cinnamon roll. Like, he is tough on the, ex, like, exterior, mm-hmm. but, like, deep down, he's just a fluffy cinnamon roll. But is he really that tough, though? I mean, yeah, he kind of almost beats Zeus to death, but, like, he stops as soon as Persephone says his name. And, like, he doesn't actually kill Zeus. Zeus just falls out a window, which brings me to a hate, is I hate the anticlimactic Zeus death. Yeah, my hate for that was that um, Zeus got off way too easy with his death. I wanted some torture. I just wanted more. I just wanted more than him falling and then Hades trying to still save him, but not being able to, and that's how he dies. Could like, he set I, him on fire? Like, I want something, something more, like, you know, I know that sounds bad, like, give me more violence, but Zeus deserved it in this book. Like, I wanted something a lot more, and so that anticlimactic definitely kind of was just like, really? Yeah. You're going to work it all the way up to this, and then he falls out of a window? And something that is kind of common with Katie Roberts' books is, like, you do get, like, a very short timeline of events for, like, these people falling in love and all the shit that happens. And the endings usually do happen pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that is a kind of common writing style of Katie. I think that, like you said, she pa- it's, like, early on the book, it's great, and then it's just, like, like build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, quick end. release. Yeah, and, you know... And that's an issue that I have with a lot of romance books is, like, I like fluff. Especially at the end of a book. Just give me more of them actually being happy, not just an epilogue that's four pages long. Mm -hmm. That's all. But, again, she can write a damn good sex scene. She can. And, honestly, I wanted this book to have more smut. Because there were, let me count, one, two, three, four, five... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Like full on sex scenes? Okay. Full on one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Like full on, not to black, actual, like in depth? Eight. Okay. Well, then I don't know why I'm thinking that it wasn't super smutty. It's smutty. I don't know. I think because. Especially when you listen to it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I just... loved the audiobook for this. <laughs> yeah. I like, I can listen to that all day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, when I first read this book, like, the first time, I was expecting it to be, like, off the bat, just, like, this hot-ass mess. Because, of, like, spicy TikTok really, like, got me, yeah. like, hyped me up, thinking that it was going to be, like, because... Let me tell you, other Katie Robert books start off with oh. a bang. Oh, yeah, they do. And they come in hot, and this one's not one of those no. type of books. But I was just expecting a little bit more. I guess, I mean, eight full-on sex scenes is a good amount, so maybe I'm just, something's wrong with me. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's well, the, the I think. I think the yeah. reason why it, 
Because for Cheers. this fourth read, <laughs> I listened to it. Me too. And listening to the whole thing, the sex scenes kind of stand out more than physically reading it. Because, mm. like, when I'm physically reading it, it's like I'm flying through the book. And it's like your head. Mm-hmm. It's not other voices, like, yeah. reading it to you. Yeah. I will say, because you kind of made me <laughs> I do did. the audio. You were like, this is going to be our fourth time reading this book within a year. How about you listen to it? And I don't fuck with audiobooks. I'm sorry. I don't like it. I like the act of reading. Same. I'm just, I don't know. But the actors, like the voice actors for this audiobook. The male voice actor, fabulous. They were decent. They were good. But still not enough to make me want to continue to listen to it. I I got 10 chapters in and I stopped at the audiobook. And then today Alex was like, you have to listen to this one sex scene. And so I did. And I mean, you're right. I mean, it's... If, it's a different level when you listen to these sex scenes being read out. Especially if you, out. like, have your headphones in to then, like, have it, like, directly in your ears and, like, the heavy breathing and, like, panting. I'm like... Yeah, because they, like... These these actors, they like... They get into it. They moan. Like, they... It's it's acting. It's not just them... Persephone went to the bedroom, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not like that. It's It's acting. It's voice acting. You feel like you're there with them. I felt like a voyeur. Yes. So it, I, I will say that it is a good audiobook. I don't necessarily enjoy it just because I don't like audiobooks. But as far as audiobooks go, very good. Very well done. It doesn't seem as rushed in the audiobook as it did reading. Like the mm. timeline. I don't know why that was. Okay. But Interesting. Maybe because it takes me longer to listen than it does to read. Maybe. Oh. Um, the last hate that I have for you, Alex, I could see people being a little confused with the setting and kind of like what's going on. If you're one, not very familiar with Greek mythology mm-hmm. or two, even just with like Katie Roberts, yeah. like her writing, because she doesn't really give that many breakdowns within like the society. It's very like... It's more brief overviews, whereas in Electric Idol, which is the second book, you kind of get a better understanding of Olympus in the lower city. And like, but that's common with her series. Like, you get more about the world as you continue reading. But I could see how people could be turned off. From yes, book one where they're like, I was lost. I didn't understand this world that I was just kind of dropped in. I could understand that, but I'm saying continue and push through because it will like she will answer like you'll get a better grip of kind of this world as you go on and this book does tie into two of her other series a little bit um it ties in with her sabine valley series and the wicked villains series so hades a little backstory like his parents were killed by zeus in a fire you mentioned that briefly in our plot breakdown Mm -hmm. so with the wicked villain series there's actually a hades hercules meg megara yeah like thruple thruple book and that hades is actually this hades dad and hercules is the zeus's Zeus's son son. from this series as well so there are kind of like overlapping elements which is kind of cool i like seeing that Mm -hmm. so if you didn't know yeah, do now. And there's like treaties with Sabine Valley, and I feel like Sabine Valley kind of helps with some of the like inherent magic as mm-hmm. well. And Sabine Valley gets tied into Wicked Villains, so these th- th- those three they're kind of kind in kind the of, same universe, yeah, just different places within the universe. But yeah, do you have any other hates or loves? Anything you want to say? No, I think that's all of them for me. Okay. I just, I thought as far as a retelling of Persephone and Hades go, I love Neon Gods. I thought it was a really well done book. Now, let's have the smut talk. Hey. Yes. Jumping into the smutty scenes. So, Alex, what was your favorite out of the, like, eight you said, I think? So, there's eight full-on sex scenes, and then we have four pretty big, like, tension teasing foreplay okay 
scenes. Um, my favorite tension scene, um, I think, is when Hades just kind of introduces her to the playroom. Like, this is the dais. This is all the things. This is how... Let me ask this you This is questions. where people will be sitting, and yeah. this is where I will be fucking you for everyone to see. <laughs> and, he's, and he does give her kind of like an interview of like what sort of BDSM looks like. Looks like and what, what should be interested in. Um, like, do you want to be tied up? Do you... Limits. Yeah. Like, getting like boundaries. Getting those limitations. Yeah. yeah. So afterwards, um, he carries her back to her room, and she tries to negotiate Hades into fucking her. Or at least, at the very least, she wants to suck his dick. Because she's all, like, turned on. Right. By yeah. <laughs> the intro to his playroom. She's not letting up. This is, like, that bratty topping from the bottom thing. And um, after Hades finishes rebandaging and cleaning Persephone's wounded feet, she continues to be a brat and starts asking for more orgasms. Because Hades did finger her in the playroom. The negotiation winds up being that they're going to pleasure themselves while the other one watches. This was a very intense tension scene. I wouldn't, would this, this is. Well, I'd say foreplay. Yeah, I wouldn't even say tension. Like, they're definitely doing shit. They're doing stuff, <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't lead to full on sex. Right, they haven't fucked yet. But <laughs> Here, you really see how badly Persephone wants to get fucked. Right. Yes. I have to say that was my favorite tension scene as well. I just think it was the most, like, in-depth and just, like, the best. Because there were so many, like, elements. And, like, I just love the banter between Hades and Persephone. And, like, he uses the tip of his dick to, like, touch her clit and, like, uses it as lube. (laughs) So jack himself much. off it's, so much it was uh it was good <laughs> <laughs> alex liked it i did <laughs> and again i listened to it yeah listening to it is a whole different level it really is i don't know how i feel about myself as a person <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite full-on sex scene then so my favorite was the second time that they enter the playroom um that is a good one yeah it's just i think i like it because it stretches over both povs so it starts off in hades point of view so like the first aspect of this scene is in his point of view so you're kind of getting his inner monologue and then halfway through the chapter ends and it's persephone's point of view so it finishes off in hers and i really like those types of scenes finishes off in (laughs) her stop it alex (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, I just like, I just like, um, hearing both sides of And at that point, they're no longer using condoms. Nope. They've had the conversation where Persephone's like, I'm on the pill. We don't really need to use condoms. I don't really want to. They've both been tested. Again, I love these conversations. Yeah. Like they've covered their bases there. And so within this scene, they're entering the playground or playground. They're entering the playroom for the second time. It is a playground. Your body is a wonderland. Yeah. So Persephone gets cold feet again (laughs) while entering the playroom. And Hades can just read her body language. And that's something that I love about them is that like they just like know each other really Mm -hmm. well after such a short period of time. Um, And so he is actually the one that tells Persephone that he isn't ready to have sex on the dais. But it's really for Persephone's sake. And essentially what happens is Persephone ends up, like, in the playroom, Hades has his throne that he sits on. That's his, you know, his throne. It's, he's the king. And so they're up on this throne and Persephone ends up, like, getting on her knees and giving Hades a blowjob, obviously in front of everyone that is in attendance. But Hades starts to get uncomfortable because it looks like he's using yes. her and he doesn't like that. Yeah. So but at this point he does love her. Yes. So I wrote a few things down that I really liked for like good dirty talk within this scene. Oh, Hades because is there's a great dirty talker. Yeah, there's so much. He says or this is actually Persephone. She says, Ruin my makeup, Hades. Let's put on a show for us. Because obviously the whole thing is that they're putting on the show for Zeus because obviously their thought process is if Hades has tarnished Zeus's goods, he, he won't, won't want it. And so once Hades comes, 
Hades actually sets Persephone on the throne and kneels in front of her. And like, this is the first time that like, he is showing this like submissive kind of like, he is submitting to her Mm -hmm. and kind of being like, like you said, he was his equal. Yeah. Because as he's, as Persephone is pleasuring him, he's looking out onto the crowd and he can kind of pick up some faces and like, he knows that people are judging in like the wrong way, thinking that, oh, he's holding this poor girl hostage. Like he's making her do all these things because Hades is the boogeyman. He's like this bad person. But that's really not the case. And so like he makes this declaration in front of everyone that, no, this is a mutual thing that they want each other. And so he goes down on Persephone in front of everyone, kneeling in front of her. And when she finishes, he stands up, takes her with her or with him and goes, she is mine. I'm hers. And they leave. And that's kind of where that like scene ends. And then it picks up in Persephone's and like they fuck back in his like chambers. Like they finish off the scene. And it's a very like intense because this is the first time that Hades is like, you like it's gonna hurt to leave when you leave it's like I don't want you to and she's kind of admitting it to him as well so there is also like this emotional pull because we know we love our emotions here on emotions and potions clearly (laughs) so I also like that element that it's not just like a dirty sex scene but it's also loving even though it's rough it's loving and raunchy yeah so yeah, that's my favorite. What's yours? My favorite um, is when they have sex after the first playroom ex- public experience. After the show has concluded, they go back to Hades' room and fuck. <laughs> and this is where Hades allows Persephone to like touch him for the first time. Mm. And she actually gets to like notice his scars. And she has this really sweet emotional touching moment with Hades and she's like all of you is beautiful love that yeah because that's something that Hades is like self-conscious about he's like covered in scars from a fire that killed his parents and you learn that like the other like serious partner that he had was disgusted by his scars and kind of broke up with him for it yeah so trauma yep has some body issues don't we all good to see it in a romance novel but yeah so i like that too i like that scene it was another good hot and heavy sexy time oh yeah it was the first time they got it on well technically second because she did ride him in the oh true throne (gasps) yes yes which is all hot yeah i mean it's all hot it's all good it's all smutty trisha you got anything you want to add it's hot (laughs) Trisha hates the font of this book. <laughs> so random. I know. She literally was like, oh, I hate the font of this. I'm like, what? <laughs> why? Like, why is that even? I liked it. Weirdo. Weirdo. And the size. The size of the book. Yeah. It's I'm... not very aesthetically pleasing per Trisha. <laughs> That's all. I'm here for the pettiness, though. <laughs> Love it. All right, so let's go. Like you made me notice the fucking bangs of Bridgerton. Yeah, her bangs are awful. All right, let's go in to probably our funner segment, which is one of my favorites, which is our casting call. So, Alex, how many people did you choose for Persephone? One. You only chose one. This is going to be my Persephone for everything from now on. Ooh, okay. Who is it? Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's good. I can't believe I didn't think of her. I hate myself for that. Because she's a good one. Okay, I have three. Because obviously, <laughs> per, usual. per usual, I can't ever make a decision. So I have two that are kind of like... I wish I could have cast them, like, a few years ago. Okay. I don't think that they're, like, realistic casts now. Those two would be Blake Lively. Like, Blake in, like, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants era. That would be Or, like, the Gossip Girl era. Like, young Blake Lively. Love it. Another one is Jennifer Lawrence. I think, like, a younger... I think that Jennifer Lawrence could probably still play a 25-year-old. Yeah. Like, she's only 30. 
31. So I think that we could, like, she could, like, act down in age. But I think the one that I was kind of leaning towards, just because I think she is probably more, like, age-appropriate for the role, is I think I've actually used her before, but her name is Nicola Peltz. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is great. I mean, she's probably the winner-winner chicken dinner, so, yeah. Who did you cast for Hades? I got two Hades. Okay. My first one, who's my second choice, is Diego Bonita. He was in 90210, right? Yep, he was. Yep. Yep. But (laughs) my Hades for this particular book is Roger Jean-Page. Who the hell is that? The Duke (laughs) from Bridgerton. Oh. Eyebrows. Okay. The eyebrows. Okay. And all the references to the eyebrow, Hades' eyebrows in this book, this man is my Hades for the young gods. Okay. I'm not mad at that. That's a good one. I like both of those choices. Yeah. I did not choose either of those people. Delicious. <laughs> He's not bad looking. Okay, so I have three for Hades as well. Um, so Ashton I'm going to save. Options. I can't choose one. I just can't make up my mind. I'm more indecisive. <laughs> so I'll go with my, I'm going to save my number one for last. So my third place, which I don't even know really what I was thinking. But, like, I'm kind of here for it. And you guys are probably going to be like, the fuck? Adam Brody? Really? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think in, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it. I was thinking of, like, Jennifer's body, like, the character he plays. I, I know. don't hate it. It's weird. And because, like, Adam Brody's, like, a funny guy. Like, he's never, like, the, like, hot and, like, heavy and, like, broody. sexy broody. But, like, I would love to see him, like do something like that okay then my second choice is matt dallas he was the kyle xy yeah so yeah that i can see and like yeah he just has that like the dark like the the hair like the dark hair and like yeah but my hades who like i've been picturing while reading is my boy (laughs) not really Tyler Hoechlin. He's from uh, Teen Wolf. Oh. Derek. He played Derek on Teen Wolf. And he is just so freaking fine. And I just like. like he is the, delicious. That dark, handsome, like, ooh, baby. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He, he He's could, my Hades. Yeah. He could, he could be. He Hades. could get it. He could get it. So, yeah. Those are kind of like how, like, my brain was thinking about this role but i think all of ours are good yeah i like all of them okay and i see you casted did you cast hermes i did me too because you told me you did so i was like all right who did you choose so i have two options for hermes oh i only have one my first option is Issa ray okay she's hilarious and i want a comedian in this role because hermes is fucking funny yes and then my first choice is Jessica Williams. So I cast, I don't know if the L is silent or not, and I even tried to, like, Google, like, and watch a YouTube video of someone, like, announcing her name, and I couldn't find one. I didn't look that hard, but I tried. Amandla um, Stenberg, Amandla Stenberg, she played Rue in Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. And, like, that's a good choice. I don't know. I just, like, was vibing with her. For Hermes. I'm here for that. Yeah, and I mean, all of ours. I think that we have some really strong casting this week, through and through. I'm happy with with these choices. Yeah, me too. It's time to talk about our song choices, our song song picks. And of course, we have a playlist. Of course, we have a playlist, which will be linked with um, our podcast on instagram instagram that's motions and potions pod it's all one word no weird spellings so alex how many songs do you have i have four for this one Ooh, i only i only have three so okay what are your four and kind of give me the breakdown what were you thinking when you chose them all right so my first one is kind of to represent the weird triangle between persephone demeter and hades okay 
which is Mother May I Sleep With Danger by Joy Crooks. And then I picked a song for Hades and Persephone's Sex Life. Okay. You have to. Which is Chills, the dark version, by Mickey Vallon and Joey Myron. Okay. And then I picked a song for, like, Hades to the to the upper city of, Olymp- of Olympus. Oh, okay. Which is Gossip by Sleeping with Sirens. Ooh. Like that. And my last song choice is an ode to Hermes and Dionysus, Best Friends by Grandson. Oh, love that. Oh, I love that. You definitely chose songs aiming at different elements of the book, too, which I appreciate. I like those. Those are all good because I didn't, like, think about, like, the Hermes Dionysus. I didn't really think about, like, Demeter, Hades, Persephone kind of, like, triangle. So I like those. I, I'm a hey. fan. Okay, so I chose... Why together we make a great playlist. Right? Oh, actually, I did choose four as well. <laughs> I guess I added one. Okay, so my first song is pretty much, like, I think that it sums up the entire book in its, inter- like, entirety, and it's more so focused around, like, Hades Persephone, and it's Your Love Can Start a War by The Unlikely Candidates. Yep. Just, yeah, I mean, it almost did. Her love started a war almost, so very fitting. A very Um, short-lived war. Yes. But a war nonetheless. Yes. The next song that I chose is the representation of Hades and Persephone's relationship up until the point where they're like, nope, I'm not leaving you. Mm -hmm. So pretty much almost the whole book, which is House of Memories by Panic at the Disco. And then I chose... This is another, like, Hades Persephone-aimed song choice, um, and it's Let's Get Lost by g Easy featuring Devin Baldwin, and that's pretty much just, like, they're pretty much, like, fuck me now because I'm going to be gone. Like, I'm leaving, so, like, let's, you know, get it on. And essentially, that's the whole plan, getting it on and leaving. Yeah. And they get it on. And they do. And, and then on. my And on. And, and on. on. And my last song choice... Is just the classic Good Girls Go Bad by Cobra Starship featuring yes. Leighton Meester. I mean, uh, Persephone is this <laughs> golden freaking, you know, socialite. And Hades makes some good girls go bad. I'll make them good, good girls go, go bad. Good girls go bad. <laughs> yeah, so those are, those, are my, those are my choices. I miss Cobra Starship. Bro, I started, I actually went to their page and like started like hardcore listening to their song. And I'm like, this is gold. I'm like, what happened to them? I miss them. <laughs> I love Cobra Starship. I saw them three times in concert. Oh, man. Okay, I haven't seen them <laughs> in concert, but I'm okay. definitely here for it. <laughs> I was dedicated to the Cobra Starship. Dedicated to the calls. <laughs> All right, so those were pretty much our casting calls. And our song choices, mm-hmm. which all be found on the Instagram Emotions and Potions pod. We will also have links to our playlist okay. in the show description. Um, we'll have all the links so you guys can listen to the music. You can go to the pod or the um, Instagram account. All those good things. So, Alex, it's time for our ratings. Yes. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. What, what's your... Spice and then overall, please. Okay, so my spice rating, I gave it a four out of five. Only because I think that, like, BDSM, having, like, sex in front of people is definitely not a standard. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think, like, spice in that aspect, it needed, at first I had it at a 3.5. And I actually raised it because I was like... I think I've given other books 3.5, and this is a little bit more than that. Yeah. So I went with a 4 out of 5. What about you? I gave this one a 4.5 out oh. of 5. Oh. Just because the amount of sex you got, the variety, the BDSM. I mean, it is. It is very heavy in, like, the smut. It's a lot of different elements of smut. So 4 to 4.5. I mean, it's very high rating. And then again... I gave this the rating after listening to the book as well. And I don't know, just listening to sex scenes is, is a lot more intense than just reading it on a page. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 
And that's fair enough. I mean, maybe if people, if you read it or if you only have the audio, you might think it's a little bit more smutty than if you're just like reading it. And I think that's kind of potentially where it blew up on book talk was because of the audio. Oh, okay. That makes sense that that's what happened. Because I remember the first time I physically read it, I was a little disappointed, but then I listened to it and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> this, this is what the people were this talking about. This makes sense. Okay. Trisha, spice rating. Um, I'm going to go with, I don't know, I've read some of her other stuff that's way spicier. So I'm probably going to go, I'll do 3.8. Okay, you've heard it from Trisha, 3.8 on the spice scale out of five. Yes. So Trisha, definitely, uh, <laughs> she, scored, uh, um, she scored at the lowest. <laughs> she like she's she's expecting a lot. Okay, for a future reference, she does a series basically based on like what Peter Pan. Um, oh, the Wicked Villain. Yeah, she does a Wicked Villain, a Wicked Villain series, and that's probably the smuttiest I've read from her. And that's like five. Like, this is like tame compared to what she writes in that book. So that's why I gave it a three point eight. And that is fair because you're that right. That is a very fair assessment. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. To compare it, I would dock it. Yeah. But just this alone, if this was like my first Katie Robert yeah. read, 4.5. I mean, I've read some smut, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. And so for my overall rating out of 10, I scored it a 9 out of 10. I'm a sucker for... First of all, I like Katie Robert. I'm a fan. Same. Second, I am a sucker for Greek mythology, Persephone, Hades. I mean, there was a point where that was all we were reading for like months. We would just, Kindle Unlimited, we would just find Hades, Persephone's retellings. It was a little problematic. A lot problematic. (laughs) Like, it was, it was like, you have problems. Like, let's talk about it. Like, let's talk about it. So... Yeah, I'm just I'm a I'm a fan. Nine out of ten. Fight me. Come at me if you disagree. I will take you down. <laughs> what was your ranking? Overall, an eight and a half out of ten. I do really like this book. I do take issue with like pacing and like the anticlimactic ending. End. Yeah. And that that's big for me personally but i i love katie robert i love this series i love a lot of her other series and another thing i just i feel like i had to give it like a high scoring because i've read it four times the fuck like get hobbies like clearly i don't have too much of an issue with the ending since same i've read it four (laughs) times now um but that's also just loving a hades persephone retelling yeah yeah. And this is a good one, and it's just, it's it's so sexy. It is. It is. And I, I mean, I'm a fan of the, I the universe, too. I can forgive the flaws because of the sex. Yeah. Yeah. Trisha? Let's see. I would go eight and a half out of ten as well. I do like the BDSM. I like the good girl gone bad. I agree. The ending. I just wanted, like, more of their relationship together once they decided to commit to one another. They literally just decided to commit to one another and then, like, the book ended. But as Ash said, every romance novel does that. So you just kind of have to, like, get used to that if you're reading these kinds of books. But no, I liked it. Definitely, you guys, I don't know if you're going to do this book, but definitely prefer this one to Electric Idol. I actually liked, I didn't like the sequel or the second book. But... Hot take. Interesting. Trisha coming in with a hot take. So, final thing. Is it a love or a hate letter? I mean, love. Love. I think it's a unanimous love letter yeah, I from think the it's, three of us. It's a three-way love letter. <laughs> yes. Big Katie Robert fans. Big Katie <laughs> Robert fans. Big Persephone Hades Greek mythology. Yes, yes, yes. Gimme, gimme, gimme. More, more, more. More, more, more. Want it, want it, want it. Well, that was Neon Gods, a love hater, a love hater, <laughs> a love letter to Neon Gods, Katie Robert. A love letter to her. Yes. This household is definitely a fan. <laughs> send us some arcs, please. Send us some merch. Send us some merch. Well, Alex, 
It's another episode down. It's another episode of Emotions and Potions, a love slash hate letter to... I'm Alex. I'm Ashton. Please follow us on the Instagram. <laughs> the Instagram. Go follow us on the gram. Emotions and Potions pod. Rate and review us on whatever podcast service you are using. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, Trisha. Listen to Trisha. Like and subscribe. She's a nurse. Do what she says. She saves lives, people. Let's go. <laughs> Until next time, XOXO. It's gossip, girl. It's 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 emotions and potions. It's emotions and potions. Bye. Bye.